This is a Hoff Studios podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Gabe, welcome to my podcast. Hi. <laughs> How's it feel? Uh, it feels amazing. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, doing this. Babe. Yeah. Thank We've been you. talking about this for a long time. Two years. Don't yeah. make me cry already. Don't Jeez. cry. We're going to cry <laughs> later on. <laughs> um, if you guys are just tuning in, Gabe is my fiance. He is the owner and co-owner of Bar Lab Hospitality. He has over how many? 16? Brick and mortar? Something like that, like 14. About 14 right now on the books, brick and mortar restaurants and bars. And we are here in New York City right now recording in person because they just opened a three-part operation at the Moxie Brooklyn. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it's really been... So I've been with Gabe since the day he opened Broken Shaker Miami as a permanent location. The day, the week of. Isn't that crazy to think about? And Broken Shaker is... About to be 11 years old. Yeah, so crazy. That is crazy. So we met at a really beautiful time in his career, but also a really hectic time, a really complicated time for both of us. I was like, you're the one. And he was like, yeah, lady, I just met you. (laughs) And um, I don't know how we made it. I think that's for another episode. I think we should do like a relationship podcast episode. But Today, I want to focus on Gabe, and the reason I brought him here is because he is one of the most successful people I know, and it's despite all odds, and his view of manifestation and his view of um, envisioning your life and stepping into your power is so unique, and it's very self-taught. He has... He tunes into a lot of channelings and a lot of spiritual mentors, but he, until recently, has never had mentors in the coaching space or in the spiritual space. And so I really just admire the way that he's manifested his life. And so I'm excited to dig in and be able to share his story with all of you guys and um, hear his insight on manifestation because it's very unique. So tell us, I my favorite thing is like, after a few years of dating, I opened up a journal that had like only one page entry and like it was the first, it was like the the front of the book and like the next page and it was just this beautiful vision board and um, it was like all the things he wanted to manifest. It was like a bar with good music and his friends would work there and he had all of these beautiful things on his vision board and like literally he had manifested everything to a T and there was nothing else in the journal. And the funny part is, is like, that's exactly the way I journal most of the time too. Like I buy a new journal, I fill out one good page and then the rest is just kind of blank space and I have like 50 journals. And so when I found that, I was like, oh my God, we're kind of alike in that way. And that was just a few years ago when I found that. But you really have created everything that you wanted <laughs> in that in that vision board. Sure. Everything but the boat. We have yeah, everything yeah. but the boat. And um, so tell us, you know, before we get to like where you're at in this place in life, tell us, give the audience a little bit about your background, where you came from. 
and what you've overcome to get here. Uh, uh, take it from there. Thank you for the introduction. First yeah. of all, I just want to say that the reason, the main reason I'm successful is to have a person to you by my side. You thank, know, if thank. it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have the success because you ground me and you're like always by my side. And there's no coincidence that Shaker started at the same time we met. So, That's so true. you you ground me. Your your goddess energy always puts me on check. And uh, and you know you're you you're part of that success. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do any of this without Thank you me. by my side. Um, so yeah, uh, my life started, you know, I grew up in Colombia, Medellin, and um, I grew up in the 80s, you know, like I was born in the 70s, and then throughout the 80s, um, yeah, I grew up in like, a, you know, my fa- I had a, like a beautiful like ba- family, very, uh, very like big family, but my grandma, my grandma was like, a, my grandma wasn't your typical grandma, she was like this entrepreneur woman. She's the matriarch. She was like, she took care of the whole family, like she she bought everybody houses, she she shopped for the entire family. She was like, she was hardcore, she, would, she had an office where like she sold electronics. So everybody in, in Medellin knew her as like the electronic lady, she brought electronics from Panama, and my great aunt, her, her sister, brought a liquor from Panama. So one saw electronics and one saw liquor. So I have these two powerful women, like as my teachers, you know, and they were like, they were very loving, but at the same time, they were hardcore, they were entrepreneur. There was no men around. You know, my great, my grandfather, my great grandfather went around, it's all women. And, and that's, that was like my foundation. But, um, but because of that, you know, growing up in the, you know, Medellin in the eighties was a crazy place. The narcos ran the town. So the narcos knew my, knew my grandma, knew my aunt. They would buy crazy bottles of, like they would buy like cases, hundreds of cases of, of Dom Perignon and champagne. And at this time it was during a prohibition. So no, no, well. this was like a 1980s narcos, like okay. full of narcos in, in Colombia. And um, my, you know, and uh, so, because of that, long story short, they, you know, they knew all the narcos. Once you get involved in that with those people, any kind of business, even they're just buying electronics from you, even if they're just buying like liquor from you, you're in bed with them. So long story short, my fat, my grandma gets killed. You know, we're going, I'm not going to tell the whole story. That's for later on. But my grandma gets killed. My dad gets killed and my uncles get killed with, within, um, within a month. So by, the so by the narcos, by Pablo Escobar and like, you know, like, you know, so, so they get killed. So, so, you know, I remember, this is when I first had my first like spiritual transformation. I remember like uh, every, everything was very dark and I remember seeing the coffins and my, my mom was like bawling and my whole family was sad. And I remember like being like, uh, it was your you mom's know, mom, right? It was my mom's mom, my dad, you know, my dad was like, my heart, you know, I have like such a deep relationship with him and like, and like, and I still do. And we can talk about that later on. I still have a deep connection with my dad, a spiritual connection in dreams and in all kinds of ways. Uh, but, but me being there, I was a little kid, I was 10 years old and seeing that amount of pain and seeing everybody crying, everybody wearing black, you know, like, um, I just had, I would just feel very calm. And I wasn't sure where I felt calm. I was like, oh my God, I'm sad, but I'm not like, I'm not devastated. Like, and there was this voice, I'm looking at the coffins and with this voice, they kept saying, everything's gonna be okay. Everything's gonna be okay. And I'm like, 
you know, it was just this angelic voice that was like larger than life. It was just warm and light. And it was like, it was just beautiful. So I knew I was at peace and and you're a little kid. You don't even, you don't know what you're trying to figure out what's going on. But I think that in retrospective, that's when that was like the beginning of like, of, of my transformation of like, of like where I was going, because it was like, this is all part of a bigger plan. It's an, an illusion in a way. So this is, doesn't, you know, this doesn't, you know, don't worry about this. Just like, just keep staying within your heart and being a kid. And so, so I went with that feeling and, and I went with that feeling. And, and as the years went by, my mom, you know, we lost everything, you know, like, they, long story short, they took all the all the houses, or the you know. So we went back to being like a, a great family with like you know with with like you know with like um, with like uh, with tents, with houses and cars, to not having anything. Yeah, you went from being like upper middle class in Colombia to being to being like poor. in poverty. Yeah, and and so, but but I still had that sense of being a kid, and like uh, and it wasn't until like I was like my mom had to move to United States because she the only people we have that you know she was like I need to get out of this fucking country, like didn't so feel she, safe anymore. So didn't feel safe, so you know they still the narcos would still have to the family. So she left to for a better life to 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 United States and in, in my and in my heart all I want I remember looking at magazines of uh, you know I started getting into skateboarding you know I always been into skateboarding and surfing it's like it's like uh, my sense of freedom and of, of of love and like you know so so it wasn't until I was like one day in summer I was thirteen and I was you know it was summer it was summer it was summer school so I was in vacation and I I you know it was really late at night because I used to help my my great aunt sell the liquor you know people were coming knocking the door and like the back door to sell the liquor so I would she was very old so I was like look I'll sell the liquor for you ironically I'm still in the liquor business and um and so I was staying really late at three o'clock in the morning and I and I started going in the radio in the AM radio and I started noticing this radio station that will talk about metaphysical stuff. And they will talk about, you know, in, in, in the 80s, there was no internet, there was no, you know, we don't have a way of knowledge. You had to go to the library. And in Colombia was a Catholic country that believed in the word of Jesus only on, or the Catholic church. So there wasn't any of these concepts or like power of the mind, metaphysical, Buddhism, Hinduism. There was nothing you never saw, you know, there was, you know, so... So I started going to the radio station and, I, and these people had a program that would talk about these things. And that was when it was like, that for me was like the beginning of like, oh my God, like our minds are so powerful. How come nobody taught us this? Mm-hmm. So, so I listened to the show every day. I, w- I would stay until like three in the morning just to listen to the show. It would last two hours. I would go to sleep at five in the morning, exhausted. But it was just, I was, I couldn't believe I was talking about all these subjects about like, all these beautiful subjects about how powerful we truly are. So, and then I went to the library a few weeks later and I, I got a book of, of, of the Tao, of Taoism. And that, that is when like I read the book of Tao, of the, you know, and that really changed my, my perspective because it was this philosophy that can be written in, in 80 paragraphs or like, you know, it's a, a small philosophy. But it's just so simple. And at first you don't understand the philosophy because it has these riddles mm-hmm. and, it, and it's very like poetic and, it, you know, it, but it's really about everything is everything and, and nothing at the same time. So that for me was the first like, 
wow, this is, this is incredible. Like it's, it's about all the, it's just about life. And, and then from that moment on, it's when I got into a search of like, I want to get this information. I, I, I want And so I went in the search of like, let me, let me, let me find this, this information. Let me find like how powerful my mind is. You know, nobody ever taught me that in school about like our, you know, the power of our, of like what we can accomplish. So, so. In How the, did you find Sedona Magazine? So, so yeah. So then I moved to United States and like, uh, and then like my dream was to come here. My dream was like, I would look at surfing magazines. LA, I would look skateboarding, at skateboarding. Yeah. I would just, you know, I was a skater. So I would just like, I would, I would dream about these places. And I was like, I just want to go to United States. And my mom was already here working as a maid. Mom was cleaning houses and she's just trying to save money to get us here. So we finally got here as, as tourists. We came here with a tourist visa, so so we came here. We stayed legally, so we became illegal. I didn't know any English. I didn't know. I didn't know any. Um, I didn't know any. You know, I didn't know English. I didn't know the 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 the, the ways of the United States. But I knew. I knew one thing is the one thing we all belong to, and I think this is why I keep. This is the one aspect that we, I always search for, even to this moment, is the sense of freedom. Mm-hmm. And, and back then, my sense of freedom... It's your was highest like, value. Yeah, it was like, that's why like, we all, in, in this world, we're all trying to belong somewhere. And, and that sense of belonging is a sense of freedom. And for me, the sense of freedom back then was like, I just, you know, what is freedom? I want to skate. I want to skate in the streets of the United States. I want to, I want to learn how to surf. So that sense of freedom was, was that's what, like, was that open up these gates of manifestation, of, of finding ways how to like evolve. Even I didn't know the, the routes, I didn't know where to go. That sense of freedom was, was the groundedness. And that sense of freedom now is still changing. Like now it's like, it changes. It doesn't ever leave because we always, as we evolve as, as humans, as the people we are, as partners, are, as, as dads, as, as leaders, that sense of freedom evolves within our, our consciousness and how we wanna evolve. So that sense of freedom will never leave us. Because you you always gotta what is my freedom? What what I wanna free? Like I still I still wanna travel around the world and surf. There's still that sense of freedom is there, but it evolves. It's like, oh when I travel, I wanna do this, I wanna discover, I wanna Having a home became a sense of freedom. Yeah, having you became a sense of freedom. Having Samaya. Not at first. It took a very long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I had to go through my own, like, uh, you know, I had to go through, like, you know, all these things I had to go through and, like, like my, uh, you know, my my trust, you know, when our relationship, I had to go to, I didn't didn't trust anybody because everything got taken away from me. Because for you, a sense of freedom is the ability to be exactly who you are in yourself and be loved unconditionally. It's the sense of belonging with the the dichotomy of freedom. And so, you know, be, I won't get too off tangent, but you didn't feel that at first. Like you couldn't just quite be yourself and be in a relationship with me because I had conditions and they weren't quite as open-minded as they are now. Yeah, um, but it's, it's also, I had, a, you know, there was also a lot of trust issues within exactly. me and I didn't even know I had yeah. them. So as, Same. as we evolve, as we do that inner work, it starts to open that up and, and then you see those spaces and that's when you start putting your work and you, you know, it's, it's, it's work, it's, it's, it's work and you got to put into just like anything like open a restaurant or like anything like that is, is you have to put that inner work. So how did you, so you started searching, you became a searcher. I feel like you've always been a searcher since you were like 12, 13 and you knew that there was more to spirituality and life than Catholicism and living to work. So how did you, 
when you came here and you began to experience America, this is your dream to be here. Um, how did you go from becoming, being here, not speaking English, dropping out of, you dropped out of high school, you had to get your GED. Like, how did you go from that to becoming a really successful entrepreneur you know, on your own terms? Because right. I very much think a lot is Gabe's business partner and a lot is an Israeli immigrant as well. And like your business and your lifestyle is very much on your guys' own terms. Yeah. Um, you know, so it all started. So I came here. I was, I was, my mom is cleaning houses. I have to help her pay rent. So by default, and I'm illegal, and I don't know that much English, you know, I'm just surviving. So by default, the first thing I was like, oh, I, I can go into hospitality. You know, they pay you under the table. My friend was a bar back in a nightclub in, in South Beach in Miami. So he's like, look, I have a position to be, you want to be a sweeper. So I was like, yeah, I'll be a sweeper, you know, whatever. Like you, you get paid, you're in the bottom of the bottom of the pole, but you get paid like $60 a, a, a night and you work in the weekends while you're still going to high school. I was like, done. So I started, I started being a sweeper in this nightclub and the first day, I, like it was crazy. It was just this crazy nightclub, like a lot of Madonna on it. It was like, it was just craziness. I made a lot of money the first day, like just in tips, people will tip me. So. That was my first sense of like, you know, hospitality, what it gave me that sense, you know, cause I, I didn't have family anymore. I was, I was like a, this, a new world, but why, why hospitality gave me and what it gives to a lot of people, the sense of belonging mm -hmm. and, uh, and, you know, and we all trying to belong somewhere, you know, like that's that we go our own lives trying to belong somewhere, trying to like be accepted somewhere or have, you know, that's a sense of belonging that will never leave us. And mm -hmm. we go carry the sense of belonging to something, to somewhere, to, to someone, the rest it's of our connection. lives. It's a connection. Hospitality gave me that connection. That, and it was the first time that I was like, had this family that we would go to war every shift. We had amazing time. And then at the end, we'll, we'll, we'll get tips. We'll cash, cash it. money. Cash money. So that was my first time that I was like, oh my God, this is awesome. Like, I, I feel like I belong here. I, I work my ass off. I put my head down. I get tips. I work, I work and at the end of the day I go home and this is my family and I see them in the, so, so for me it was like the sense of belong, the first time that I was like, I love this, this industry. I want to keep going out. I don't know where I'm going, but I want to keep going at it. And as the years went by, you know, like I work like, you know, like I start, you know, I got, I got, I got carried by it because as there's a sense of belonging, it has hospitality also has a, a, a condependency. Mm -hmm. Just like There's we have condependency with our families. Same thing. It has like, we belong in this family, but we're also condependent of each other, condependent of our worth. Oh, I'm a sweeper, so that's my work. That's, you don't know English, you don't know this, that, that's how much you're worth. You're not, you're not supposed to go to, you're, you're, you're not supposed to be a bartender, you're not, you don't know this, blah, 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 blah. All these things that our head is telling us. Nobody's, it's just our head. Well, there's a lot of pain and trauma that comes to for the sure. industry. People and, with alcoholics, people drug addiction, right. they can't have a job. There's a lot of broken, backgrounds, lot of broken backgrounds, but that's why, that's why everybody gravitates to each other. So, so in that moment I, I started, I, I got, I, you know, I was doing drugs, I was selling drugs. I was like dark in a dark place, just partying every day. And it was one time I was working at this club and I was in the back. I, I, I went and smoked a joint with the dishwasher and like, I was, I was the, I was the buzzer. 
And, uh, and I was like, let's go smoke a joint. And we're smoking a joint. This, this guy that I always seen in the back of the club, he, there was an apartment building behind it. I always see him open down. And then one time he's like, look, you should read this book. I always see you guys here. Like, I always see your kids here. You, should, you guys should read this book. So I grabbed the book, I put it in my bag. I didn't touch it for like six months. I was in this dark space. Like I went to jail. I, I, had, I didn't have money for bail. Like my friend had to bail me out. So I was in the darkest, darkest moment of my life. One of the darkest. And uh, I, I grabbed, you know, I went to clean my car. My car was a disaster. I went to clean, I found the book that I just threw away. And the book was just like about the power of the mind. It was just a book about how powerful we truly are. Do you remember what the book is? Um, it, was, it was called the, is the Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. Just a story about, you know, about a guy in like a, in a campus in San Francisco. Just a beautiful story. And, um, you know, and, and that book, but that story was about how powerful we are and, and how we have these, these, uh, these forces around us that are here to help us, these universal forces. So that right there was like, for me, it was like day and night. And once I saw that, that book, I was like, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stop like doing this unhealthy stuff. I'm going to turn around. I have, I, I was like, I'm going to, this is, for me, it was like one in the lottery because it was the first time that really had a manuscript. And it wasn't just that book, it was several books I read at the same time I started reading. So for that whole year, I just went to Barnes and Noble. There was no internet back then still. This is like 1999. So funny because we combined our bookshelves eventually when we moved in together and we had so many of the same books. I know. Like the Celestine Prophecy, The Power of Now, like yeah. all these- All these manuscripts. Manuscripts, of like, like, of like universal truths right, from every different right. philosophy. And so, and so funny how we, li- we didn't know each other, but we have these same experiences. We're having a parallel like, experience. Yeah, it's this whole family, you know, and like- a, and, uh, and then reading those books was kind of like the first time that I was like, oh, I understood the, the universal laws and how they were the law of manifestation, the law of intention, of awareness, all these universal laws that we don't see them, but, but they're just like we're breathing right now. We don't notice we're breathing, we're talking. But when you start meditating, when you start running, you notice you're breathing, sentence with the universal laws. They're always working around us. It's just that, you know, if we're not aware of what we're thinking, our belief system, they're going to work. They're going to give they're gonna us what we want. They're, they're going to be on yeah, default. They're going to be on default. They're going to, we're creating within our conscience what we think about. So until that moment is that concept for me was like, and, and back then it was about money. I, I didn't have money. So I was like, oh, I need to create more money in my life. I'm broke. I'm going to, I'm, I'm a buzzer. I want to start, I just want to make $150 in cash every day. And I started with that goal, 150 cash, then 180, then 200, then 400, then 1,000, then 2,000. And I was making like $3,000 a night in cash. And then I started saving under the, under the mattress. And then I went from like being the broke to save 10,000, to save 30, 40. I saved $100,000 in cash. My favorite visual of the story is like that you used to sit around and count your shoebox money and just (laughs) count your 10,000, count your 20,000. And and I had all these dogmas around. I would put all these like, oh, you know, like this luck and this tension because like, like it was my early beginnings of manifestation. And, And as the time grew, then, then, then back to what we first discussed is like that freedom. It's like, okay, like, like, okay, now I have some money. What is my freedom? I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna do something else. I don't wanna just be a, a, a but. Like, I wanna become. I kind of wanna become a chef. So, like, now I had money to go to college. Now I had money, and so I wanted to go to culinary school. But the bar was always like. It drove me, the bar, the people, like I was just in, in- By this time you were a bartender, yeah? By this time I was a bartender, but I really wanted to be a chef. So I worked in the kitchen 
three days and I worked bartending four nights. But I, I, the bartending was like uh, like this world of like, oh my God, like I can relate to people. I can talk to people. Like in the kitchen, I have the same coworkers, but I don't see anybody in the it's dining room. It's so much room. fun to work at the bar. I was a so bartender it just, you know, it resonated years. with me yeah. because like the people, mostly because of the people and the money back then, because I was like focused on, on making money. So, so. And know. also I'd like to add that for context, like back when you guys started bartending, like your genre of guys, like the guys that all are in your you know, peer space. It was like the first genre of like male bartenders because I remember back in the day in Miami, like you had to be like a hot Colombian chick to work at the front of house. And it took a while before the cocktail scene started to take over. There would always be like one good bartender that was a guy. He'd be like the fast bartender, he'd be like the high volume guy, the guy that worked in the middle of the bar to bang it out or like the guy that worked like at the end doing service bar, right? But like there wasn't really a genre of like men working at the bar because they want, especially in Miami, it was like hot chicks. Yeah, and yeah. so like you, man, even like in that, like getting to the bar was a manifestation process in itself, right? For sure. But in, in it, but it has to do, all that has to do like, yes, the, the, the perspective is, is like that, but it has to do with my self-worth. Yeah. And it has to do with what, and that goes back to manifestation. It's like when, when we want a goal, when we want our goal and we're like, um, you know, and we're like, oh, I just want to have this house. So I want to create a car. I want to create, I want to meet my a lover. It's, it's that goal. It's like, we always, you know, like we're like right away our, our mind is like, oh, you know. The limiting like, beliefs. Yeah. I, you cannot be a bartender. You only, there's only girls bartending, like beautiful girls and like, oh, you're too short or you're this or you're that, you know, your mind starts telling you like all these things. You don't have the skills, you know. So, but so, so how do you bypass those limiting beliefs? You it's noticing. So the first, the first thing is that awareness. I'm like, oh, I'm having these beliefs. Like, oh, my body is my my mind is telling. I'm telling myself that that like I don't have the skills to make cocktails. Like, why is that? So like, and it's okay you have those, those thoughts. But like, the more you notice, the more you sit down with like your inner power, and the more you notice is like. Oh, I have these thoughts in my in my brain. Like, what's going on? Like, it's okay to have them, but I want to change them. So that that noticing, that awareness, that you have these beliefs, is the first step. The second, you know, and then your goal, your goal that you want to achieve, you want, you know, for me it was like I want to I wanted to become my own boss. I want to have the sense of freedom that I work for myself. And so what, that was my ultimate goal. So that's what I wrote it down in that, in that paper that you found in that, in that scrapbook, I wrote everything, but it became, when I really, when I realized it wasn't about what, how, you know, my mind was like, I want to be my own boss. So what was it take? I need to save this much money, work, work my ass off for this much and like say this. And in, in my mind, I had this map that I had to do this. I had to do that. It wasn't until I find out until I realized that it's not about, it's about the feeling that I want to achieve. It wasn't like, what kind of bar do I want? Or oh, I want this cocktail bar or this, how, it wasn't about the bar. It's about how I wanted to feel being my, being my own boss. It's that mm-hmm. sense of freedom. And, and that sense of freedom is a feeling. So for me, that's what like- the Even new- in that scrapbook, you described the sense of feeling. You're like, we're going to play reggae music and my friends will work there. And right. Like, it wasn't exactly like, I'm going to have the best bar in the world and we're going to make high volume content. Yeah, it wasn't about it like was Broken Shaker. You were describing yeah, a feeling. I didn't know the name Broken Shaker. None of that have come out. It was just about like, how do I feel when I'm my own boss? And my main thing went back to when I was a kid. When I was that that twelve year old in Colombia, it's like, oh, I want, I just want to surf all around the world. That's that was really the foundation of it. It's like, I want to surf. I want to have this sense of freedom, and that feeling 
is the that's the feeling that it gets you to manifest what you really want. You don't you don't you know our mind tells you oh but you have to do this you have to do that you have to meet this person you have to do that but it takes you but you got it you got to understand that's your subconscious it's part of who we are there's nothing wrong with it you know you recognize it but you go back to your to your source to your heart to your soul why what am I so wanting I just wanted to surf I just wanted to be free and surfing in a line in the South Pacific I know to go to the South Pacific. You know, you need to have money because it takes like two thousand dollar ticket. Blah, blah, blah. You know, that that it worked itself out. But the feeling, the feeling is like, ah, that's that's what I want to go for. And then the feeling is like, yeah, my own. You know, I want to have my own boss, be my own boss, have this kind of business. I, my friends working with it have this sense of like, of 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 freedom, of like of sense of like, we're having fun. This is not just like about money because. For the money is the byproduct of it, but it was more about the feeling, and 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 obviously it's good to have money. It's not. It's it's amazing because it, it makes us this this third dimensional experience that we're having be fruitful and and do the things you want to do. But it, it's those feelings that that we want because that that money, all those gifts, and all the all the divine gifts that we get of all times is the byproduct of, of how we feel. So that's kind of how 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 I do you know how I try to like do that inner work and constantly be striving for that. And as, as we expand, like, in, as we expand inwardly, more outwardly we expand, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's like, the more I work on, on myself, the work I want myself, still with my inner power, the more like I expand outwardly and the more like opportunities, friends, love, you know, just like the experiences will come because the more I'm, I'm connected to, to that inner power and that inner, that inner self and that inner work every day, you know, and mm-hmm. the self-discipline will get you there, you know. So for a person that, that just started, you know, a person's like, you know, like sometimes we, we want to create things and we don't, we're like, I just keep doing it. It's not happening. You know, the self-discipline is, is the main thing. You know, for me, for me, it was like, you know, for me, it was like, um, you know, during COVID, right before COVID, you know, I, I had like, you know, I always, I, I don't psychedelics a lot. You know, I used to sell acid when I was in high school. So I, I've been in the psychedelic world for, you know, I've I done it, but it was recreational. It was recreational. It was, I have some spiritual experience through it, but it wasn't until right before COVID that I did a 5EMO, uh, you know, psychedelic, the buffo. And this, what this medicine does, it just, it just opened up my eyes to like this big perspective. And then I, two months after COVID happens and what it did, it just, it just ground me. And like, you know, and remember we were at the house and all I, all I did was, you know. All the restaurants, all the bars were shut down for at least a month simultaneously, right. maybe three months, but Miami eventually opened back up. But there was like a definitely solid two or three months where, I was working like crazy because I was working as a coach online and you were just I was at home. in your mental, emotional, spiritual work, meditating, ice baths, that, swimming. That's, right. that's when I get into and, my self-discipline because yeah. everything around me was crashing. You know, we lost all the restaurants. Every restaurant shut down. Every employee we have, we have to let them go. Mm. We're only able to keep like five. And like, you know, so, so the world around me is chaos. And everybody's in chaos around me, but I, you know, the message was like, stay grounded, let go of the fear that 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 you are, you're part of the situation. 
stay grounded, do your inner work and do your self-discipline. And in this moment, it's when, you know, like the psychedelic, you know, like, um, you know, it was able to, to like give me, you know, what I love psychedelics, the way I do them, I do them, you know, I do all the different, I do a ceremonial style and I do full doses so I can really, I can really project and go inward. And what I love about, about the psychedelics, it gives you this. If you want a piece of advice from Gabe, go to the shadow. He always says, <laughs> go to the shadow. He loves that dark, scary place. I, 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 yes, because that's what I love about it. Because it shows you like your, your, the other, other versions of ourselves that we're, we're playing the roles in like all the dimensions. And it shows you, it shows you that part of ourselves. That's, it's a beautiful part of ourselves, a shadow. It's like, it's what like, it's who, it's who we are. It just shows you in, a, in this beautiful, loving way with like pure, pure love, like the motion ceremonies, the ayahuascas, the bufo, like all these beautiful medicines, they're ancestral technologies mm-hmm. that were put in for thousands of years for, for us to see those aspects of ourselves. So I use it like that. I use it very ceremonial, very therapeutical. I want to go deep and I want to discover those inner layers of myself. And that's what I saw. So. So that whole point was like, stay within your self-discipline. So for me, it was like- That was your next layer. Cause I feel like, you know, the first layer is really getting out of your belief systems, your worthiness systems, the projections that we have as a society around privilege. Cause I think during COVID, during Black Lives Matter, during this conversation of advocacy in the last two years during, or three years during COVID and beyond, it's been, you know, uh, uh, highlighting despair and like lack of awareness, which I think is an important conversation. But sometimes the deeper we go into that conversation and advocacy work, we get stuck in our own prism of restriction and labeling. And I think that you were a great reflection to be like, I don't care who the fuck the person's skin color, where they came from is. Like, I'm proof. A lot is proof. Like, my, the people who work with me, who work for me, are proof. Like, despite any of that, the power, the universal laws are still at work. Right. And not to be stuck in this 3D dimensional conversation. Right. Because the powers are still at work. And, and also, and, and we're all infinite beings. There's, there's no separation. We all, we all, at the end of the day, beyond our, our color, beyond we come from, before the, our self-identification, we're infinite. We're every single person, you, me, everybody around us is an infinite being. So it goes beyond that. So, so that, you, you know, it's good, like, to fight for the things you truly believe, and you, but it, but it's also at the same time you 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 have to observe, you have to stand back and observe and have that neutrality because you know one of the things that I, from that first book that I read, the book of, of the the Tao, the Taoism, the the Wu Wei, the Wu Wei is like is like the less you do, the more you do. So you just sometimes you just have to. L- not do anything and let and let everything come you're to you. You're doing it, but you're doing it from your inner world. Right, you're doing it from your inner power. So that's you're being what, the change. That's that's exactly the inner power is the inner power we will have within. There's not an outside power, and that's what I learned in the past three years. That I never understood until until very recent. It's like the inner power is is is, is centered. Your, our self discipline will get us there. So it was like do the self discipline, whatever that is. What is your walking? When you're drinking coffee every day at a certain time, but you you do it with a sense Find of, your of rituals. Like, yeah, with a sense of ritual, with a sense of like this is my ritual, this is what I do, and you and you put that intention. That's your self discipline. That self discipline and start training your mind to be like to to be centered, and then with that centeredness, then you then you start you start more of, of as an observer. So for me, that's what works for me, and that like being more as an, I'm an observer. So all everything 
the chaos around and the beautiful magic that's happening because there's no right or wrong, you know, it's like, and you're able to live with a compassion, with an open heart. And like, you know, it sounds like cheesy, but it's like, but it's true, like just open heart and you're able to accept everybody. You're able to accept that person that's fighting this fight and the person's fighting the other fight and like, the, the, the left and the right. The left and the right, because at the end of the day, everybody just trying to figure out how to fucking figure this 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 life out. So you come to observing, you accepting for who they truly are. Who they true? Who we truly are? We're infinite. We go. We pass beyond time. My dad dying. He never died. He's infinite. My family. Everything I went through. That's the past. The moment. The here, right now. The so discipline. The inner power. That's what for me. That's like. That's what that's what keeps it expanding and it keeps it evolving and it, it and it doesn't stop because like that you know like the more you stay within that inner power within, the more hourly you expand, but but you're not drained. You just keep it like this and 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 that for me was such a beautiful gift that I got from 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 the past three years. And now like, it's and your like, next level because you manifested the career. Now you're manifesting or working on the leadership, right? And the yeah. expansion of the business. So, yeah. thank you, my love. Thank you. It was I such love a powerful you. conversation. We're going to have a part two. I feel like it's going to be like the next conversation will be leadership. Um, I have one last question. Answer it in like 30, like one minute, okay. less than a minute. What does rebellious reinvention mean to you? Wow. Uh, rebellious reinvention is that, it's exactly that. It's, it's within your inner, it's stay within your inner power and, and stay within your power as an observer, as like the essence of who you truly are, because that's truly rebellious, because you're going that's against. Rebellious against all ads, against all, all control. The only person is you, the one is, that has the power. And that's truly be rebellious because you're, you're not attached to anything. You're only attached to your inner power and your true belief systems. I love it. Thank you, my love. Thank you. Love you. Love you. Every week we have a reoccurring segment and I share my favorite things, tangible products to use, things to walk away with above and beyond the inspiration of these conversations. Think is manifestation for the privileged. For a while, the manifestation game has been epitomized by white privilege, as most people in the spiritual teaching and author space historically have been white or white passing. But for people like Gabe, his anarchy was to dismiss his lack of privilege and almost delusional pursuit of his dreams, as my boy Russ would say. At some point, you have to take radical responsibility for your visions, desires, and actions to pursue your biggest dreams. Do go to one of our lab's restaurants or bars located in Miami, New York City, LA, and Chicago, and Washington, D.C., Oha Tacos. They're award-winning, um, always have a sense of welcoming hospitality, non-pretentious craft. They source as many of their ingredients as possible locally and or heirloom, and I'm so proud of my fiancé and their team. The culture they have created is really second to none. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and share. And if you're feeling extra generous, please leave a review. I'm going to start reading your guys' reviews on the podcast. And what I'd like you to do is you describe what rebellious reinvention means to you in that review. And you can leave your name and the city you're from. And I will read it on the podcast in my favorite things. Thank you so much for listening. Please share with somebody who needs this episode. 